0: Blog Talk Radio <laughs>
1: by Radio Psych on Fanatic Radio on BlogTalkRadio.com. Sponsored by American Word, Beeplo, 360, Dish Network, and Company. I'm your host, Michael Gardner, with a full house as mentioned. Ben Florence, Graham Burns, joining me for a very exciting show on hand. College basketball is officially underway. Great game from American University last night. Mm. But uh, to start out, how have you guys been? Flo, You got your picture taken for M-Word at hear a rumor that you will be continuing to write for the uh, world's greatest magazine. Yeah, no thanks to you for not giving me any warning. He's oh, a terrible know. editor. Well, we're, we're not, yeah, we're, we're not on the streets. Seek rumors. Josh Quanel is uh, potentially leaving, taking his semester off. Okay, calm down. We'll get to that. Why are you making this stuff up? You
2: got stuff.
1: And Graham joined us as well. Back in the studio again. It feels great. Feels right. How was your week? So we uh, getting ready for finals. Oh yeah, around the corner. Oh, it's been beautiful. I uh, just finished a 15-page research paper, and it nearly killed me. So I got it done. Apparently, I have another one due Monday as well. So, the the, yeah, the hits keep on coming. But we have to start with college basketball. Tip-off weekend was last weekend. It continues. Some great games. In Michigan State, Kentucky. Kansas and Duke. Out of all those games, flow, which of those four teams look the best? Um, wait, what were the four teams again? Did the Champions Classic one in the, uh, the United Center. I did. So, Michigan, Kentucky, Duke, Kansas. You know, I really like this Duke team, and I think that all uh, that. Duke is, you know, so many people say that they're such an awful team to watch and on point, they're just a bunch of unathletic white guys, but no, they've got a uh, a really exciting lineup, I think, this year, and they're going to be a really fun team to watch, and you have, uh, well, Mike Shepsi, it's, it's just a god, but I think this Duke team, Duke team, I don't know if they're the team to beat in college basketball, but I'm very excited for what they can do, even though they, unfortunately for them, they did lose. But I think this two teams is going to be fun to watch. You know, they lost by 11. So I just don't know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. So Jamar Parker has 27 points, Graham. Uh, good, good night for a freshman as Andrew Wiggins' Kansas team looks to be unstoppable. Also, uh, Kentucky with, uh, what's his name, Jerome Randall? Julius Randall. Julius Randall. Who's Jerome Randall? Did he play football? Uh-huh. Jerome Randall is the point guard at Cal. No. Yeah, yeah, yes. that's definitely true. Okay. Yeah. was that last? That was definitely last year. I think so recently, yeah. but out of those teams, I think Michigan State was always good in their time, though. Mm-hmm. Could we potentially see all those four teams in the final four? Well, I think uh, the Champions Classic might have been better than the final four will be, too. <laughs> like, you, like, you get teams like Wichita State that are slipping in there last year, and like they're definitely, they definitely don't have the talent level to be there, but they like they go on amazing runs at the NCAA tournament, you know, but definitely the focus was a lot more on the freshmen versus uh, everyone else in those two games. And uh, you look at it, you look at like the headlines for the Kansas-Duke game, and it was Javari Parker beats Andrew Wiggins, but Kansas beats Duke. So um, it was kind of like, like yeah, they won, but what about their freshmen? What did they do? Because everybody knows that. They're going to have room to grow, and by the end of the season, they're going to be they're going to be tons better. So they're all looking at the starting point here, and I think every single one of the freshmen that played in the game on Tuesday night uh, had a legitimate, like a legitimate performance. Julius Randall looked like he was angry the entire game. <laughs> Jabari Parker looked like he was he looked like he was having fun, and then you Andrew Wiggins he was a little shell shocked in the first half, but he came back in the second. And uh, as you said, Duke—they're a completely different team. As Mark Titus said on Grandland.com, Duke no longer has that one white kid that you want to punch in the face. Like they had Christian Leitner, they had John Shire, they had Greg Paulus. Nobody's been really great. Yeah. They—they have all—they always have that one guy. And this year, they're just a team that can't play defense. So. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with it No, no they, make it, they make it exciting See, I love how you mentioned that this that this Champions Classic is better than the Final Four I cannot agree 110% more You can do more than 100% But can you? No That's how much I agree It's physically impossible to go over 100 I guess because I don't like His you just, you just, Flo mentioned to me and calls me out every time I do not like the Soterellas yeah, you know. You're not like that You're the made dog. You're did not like them. You're so angry. Could not, could not stand the team them. They was so good. They were not good. That's the thing. And then they get to the final four. They just get drunk. You know which. Stuff they didn't
2: get to the one final
1: four, but no, we're talking the small teams. You know which stuff they did put up a good fight against. Uh, Louisville. Yeah. But you know, it, it basically just improved them to play better in the championship game. But it's not. I mean. Not a good final four. I I'd rather see. I don't see when all the onesies are in. No. 2008 was the best year in college basketball. This
2: is wow. why I have the NCAA yeah. tournament this,
1: instead of the BCS. Yeah. Uh, you know, we need the BCS. No. no. We need the best. No. You know what is interesting though about you have these uh, incredible freshmen. It seems that when one has a really good game, and everyone's like, "Oh, this guy's going to be the star," and then you have like uh, Andrew Wiggins, that and has a you know, and a decent game. I was like, oh, he's overrated. It's like, it's
2: been two games.
1: exactly. Like, you know, that's not like a freshman. That's like 18 years old. Exactly. These kids are, I mean, they are going to be so good. There's so much, because so many people are looking. Sports Illustrated have cover words when Wilt, uh, Manning, then uh, Wiggins, it's like, okay, let's not uh, overblow expectations to compare him to Wilt Chamberlain. game. He yeah, He's like, okay, calm down. And most of the time those guys aren't even good in the NBA because they play for such a bad team, they never get the good exposure of playing with a good, solid team. Because they always go to, like, the Kings or the Bobcats. Yeah, well, John Exhibit A, I think. Like, they all said he would revive the franchise here in Washington, and him and Bradley Beal have just been a huge disappointment. So. Was with your, with your friend... Uh... Shoot, coach of the coach of the, uh Randy Whitman. Yeah, your boy. You know, and I'm from another guy that I mean, we see in professional sports. Uh crappy coaches that just get recycled. He needs hard for some reason. Like the Seattle manager just hired Lloyd McClendon. Like Lloyd I think as a manager. He wasn't very good in Pittsburgh. I mean a solid coach. But then you have Randy Whitman who I wanna pull up his career record. You know, he's Miraculously, actually, John Wall did his job at the end of the last year when they finished almost 500 in the last 50 games. But his career record is 100 include both before this season, 147 and 291 for a 336 winning percentage. Mm. And his career high for winning in a uh, full season is uh, 32 games, and that was in 1999 1990, to the 1990. Cavs. <laughs> they got 32 and 50, 30 and 52, 12 and 30. 22 and sixty, four and 15 and um, uh 18 and 31, and then 29 and 53 last year. That's fantastic. And he coaches the Wizards. Same with college basketball. Teams not at the Champions Classic. Who have you seen? One team I think that has done really well and could do a lot of damage, especially in the Atlantic Senate, is uh, VCU. Mm. They beat Virginia. Yes, a Virginia team that, I mean, was like 25th in the nation, but... A solid V-A club. Yeah, with uh, Tony Bennett still coaching it. Their team that, that hit a last-second oh, last shot, but they look good. Their team that will get better as the year goes on. They are my dark horse to watch. Big fan of the Shockers, smart wreaking havoc and playing with complete chaos. And I'll get to that. I'll mention them later. But Graham, out of the uh, rest of the top 25, who looks good. We have the new... Um, Steve Alford, UCLA team, Baylor's in the mix, Wisconsin, Florida. Well, the Ohio State takes on a. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting matchup for our Eagles here in America, and we'll see how that one fares for him. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, Arizona has another good freshman. Michigan returns some. They return some talent with uh, with Glen Robinson the third, and then Mitch McGarry who probably is overrated, but. We'll find out how good of a big man he actually is this season. Oklahoma State, Marcus Smart with the extremely interesting decision to come back this year. They could potentially steal the Big 12 from Kansas. Um, that's probably the only contender. Uh, Syracuse, uh, Jim Bayham's always going to come through with the 2-3 zone, but they lack uh, a proven point guard. And other than C.J. Fair, pretty much a proven score. And then Ohio State, uh, they pretty much only lost to Sean Thomas, so I definitely think they'll be in the run, especially with Aaron Kraft coming back. Flo, so who's your dark horse out of the, day, the recent top 25 polls? see you I, I really like what they've done thus far. they played a very good offense. They, played a, they just beat the crap out of uh, Western Carolina. They played in their opener against Georgetown, South Korea. They work on ducks. Mm. They've been very, very good. I mean, Daniel Altman, everyone, people thought that this was going to be the year that they, you would see them make that step forward. And but it turned out to be last year for uh who took a lot of money to go to uh, Eugene kind of resuscitate what was mediocre program. Yeah, but he was from Creighton, wasn't he? Yeah, it was the Kyle Corbett team. Absolutely. And they've been they had a solid win against Georgetown. Then they smoked Western Carolina, who's was not the, not the terrible team. Their offense has been very good. They're averaging 95 points a game. That's fantastic. So they got the great Mike Moser who transfers from UNLV. Absolutely. And they've got good players. And I really think that this team, again, young as well, this is going to be a fun team to watch. The uh, Pac-12, which is a little wide open. A lot of people like Arizona, but Oregon's going to be in the mix. UCLA is going to be in the mix. It's going to be a good conference. should be exciting. But you know what isn't exciting? The amount of fouls, which is big. As Flo uh, came up with the article earlier this week, the Hall Niagara game yep. had a total of 73,000 of basketball games. The Eagles game last night against UMBC had 52. So the NCAA did say they were going to crack down on the handshake. Uh-huh. Has this gone a little too far, though? Um, well, Well, here's the problem. I mean, they do say that they're going to call it they're going to call it every time, basically. And they're going to call it tightly. And they are, but the thing is that it's, you know, a common motion to put your arms up like that. It's just, you know, a natural reaction, and especially because it's never been called before. I think that is now, I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal going into the year as players start to get used more to the rules. Because, again, we are like a week into the season, but I think that all of, it is uh, something that, the, uh, that uh, the NCAA really has to keep an eye on because, it. it I mean, 75, uh, 73 fouls, that's insane. Is that a record? Um, yeah, it was a record. Yeah, so I think that, I, I don't think we're going to see something like that again. I think the fouls aren't going to be as players get used to, but I do think in the meantime, it's something that's going to play a factor in games and it's going to keep games low scoring. Low score. So, so what I have to give, Graham, is it that team's better defense or the rest just need to let the game play? That well, don't cause many fouls? They're trying, since the uh, NCAA had such a low scoring average last year, it was around 68 points, I think they're trying to create more scoring opportunities here through free throws and trying to get guys to back off to allow for more, I guess, open, open drives to the basket, more open shots. Um, but I think teams that come out of physical conferences, like the Big East, I know they broke up, but... Uh, the new Big East. Yeah, the new Big East. You have teams like Georgetown and Syracuse last year who built their teams around their physical defense. Nice. And uh, this change is going to be... I think it's going to be hard for them. But I think as the year progresses, we'll see, uh, we'll see teams fall less and less. And I think that teams will understand... Uh, the rules better. And I think by the time we get the NCAA tournament, it'll be long forgotten, hopefully. Because you'd hate to see an NCAA tournament game come down to a bunch of ticky-tack fouls that wouldn't have been called last year and then gets called out this year. So So that's what it comes down to. Uh, One, it's emphasized better team defense. The fact that you have to move the feet and do what coaches teach and preach and practice. But that's also on the ref side as well. Do they? Because we we were going to watch an AAU game last night, Ben, that like, every other possession was a foul in the backcourt. It was either calling too many fouls or not always time will tell. But on a lighter note, the American Eagles picked up their first win of the season, Coach Mike Brennan's first win of the season, a very exciting overtime game, 63-61 behind Darius Gardner-Peewee. In his first home game, at 22 points, nine rebounds, at least six steals and four assists and Joshua spoke with us after the game.
2: Uh, I think it felt very great. You know, um, This guy right here he talked to me before the game and telling me um, be excited. Um, my
1: pops called me right before the game, be excited. Um, everybody back home was telling me to be excited, so I wanted to be excited for this uh, one. Coach, to- Coach wanted a timeout right before cross-half court, um, but I guess the time, they was kind of pressuring me a little bit, um, so I didn't want to just you know, slow it down because we was down too like eight seconds left so I wanted to push it and then I had a crease and um, I was going to look for John but they was you know too much going on so I wanted to get a shot up real quick and at least have a rebound try to get a rebound and go back up with it Um, I want to thank God for that (laughs) one though I mean it's uh, it's definitely been a little bit of adjustment and we're still going to be still going to be making progress all year Um, it's definitely not a finished product our our team's going to continue to get better We've uh, we've all been working hard in practice. It's a lot different different playing in a real game. Um, so now that we got a couple games under our belt. Got a big win under our belt. Um, I think this is definitely definitely good experience for us going forward. And we're gonna gonna keep making progress. Uh, I I love playing with Pee Wee. Um, Pee Wee's the most one of the most unselfish players ever. Uh, he's always looking looking to give me the ball when I'm open. Um, so he's definitely he makes my job so much easier. He makes everyone on the team's job so much easier. And he's just a really smart player. Like You never have to tell Pee-Wee what to do. He always is in the right spot. He's always doing the right things. Um, so I, I am, like I said, I love playing with Pee-Wee. Um, right now, um, you know, it was a big win for us, but coach came in right after the game and said, let it go.
2: Um, There's only one win. We still got a lot, of ton of games going. Um, you know, this team was a different type of team than we played at George Mason. Um, each team is going to be different. Um, Ohio State is going to be, you know, that Big Ten, but... They're going to come with big guys and athleticism, but all, the only thing we have to do is like play together. I think we'd we'll be fine.
1: So American, the team that could easily be two and zero, as they pretty much gave away their first game in Jordan Mason. They had mm-hmm. up by like five, four minutes to go. Mason went on a ten zero run to end the game, and they won by three. But looking at American and to the stunning number of almost twelve hundred people last night in Bender Arena. Yeah. One of the one of the reactions one of the most common reactions that I heard when fans were walking out was that was the most fun I've seen at a basketball game at my time at AU. Was it for you?
2: Um
1: uh, I would say it's definitely up there. Um because one thing that we always talked about with Jeff Jones, your boy. My boy. Is that I mean, they did. He did win games. it was very successful at A.U. But the teams weren't, like, you know, he played a slow, kind of methodical style. Only on the post he'd, like, frowned upon pulling the trigger, especially early in the shot, just like, like what we saw from last night. Which, I mean, that's fine. If you play too much of an up-and-down tempo, it can leave your defense uh, at ease. But uh, we saw a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of on-tempo stuff. A lot of times we were out of control. That's okay, because uh, fortunately the team we were playing was also out of control. Yes. Not to mention that I would, it was, um, but yeah, really fun game to watch. Of course, uh, what Darius uh, Pee Wee Gardner did uh, at the end of the game—he really just took the game over, put the put the team on my back mm. as um, Great Jennings did in uh, Madden that one time. But. Um, so it, it was it was a tough go of it a little bit early. It was a little slow because uh, we were struggling with UNBC's uh, press, and they were pressing the full court to do a little VCU havoc action, of course. And it got to us too. Yeah, we time. were struggling with it initially. Like the you would think that you know we rely on a guy. We have such a talented point guy like P. We won. We've really not had. I mean, we love Danny Munoz, but he's not like he doesn't have the quickness or the talent. Uh, oh, well, you know, yeah. Munoz is great. Okay, so see, we got two chances to championship rings. But what the hell does that mean? They all the, uh, uh, yeah, but he is a big... Yeah, he went... look where he went to uh, high school. I don't know where Munoz is from. Plantation, Florida? Exactly. Florida's a significantly better basketball than Texas. Not Plantation, though. But anyway, continue. And so, but a Rose at the end, Mike Brennan it was just going nuts. Though. Yeah, and, and it was, which was that. That was even fun to watch as well. I mean, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily surprised, you know, you had a little on no, no jersey down by the docks uh, mentality, kind of like I do. Mm. And even I don't live down by the docks. But, um, yeah, a great win. Definitely a good crowd. And I, I think that we had a little uh, uh, home opener tailgate, which I think helped funnel – Ground and we had a lot more people than I expected. The fan section brought it for much of the night and that was awesome. So great win and I'm, I think the team could be. Uh, I think you, even if we're good or bad, I think at least we're going to be fun to watch. We have said on the show, Graham, that well, I've said the American will win the Patriot League after watching did last night. Why you say that when well, got announced? That is not true. Yeah, we'll go back. No, i have to stop making stuff. I'm going to play the archive. Brennan, Brennan was. Name the coach, and there's two things I remember him saying. He uh, mentioned Pee Wee was fast, and called him out in an introductory press conference. So knowing he'd be the face of the team, mm-hmm. and that we are going to win a page league championship. I said we're going to win this year. Watching last night's game, am I right, or is is this a team that the turnovers and the fact that we went 19 of 41 from the free throw line, including Tony Rublewicz? one hand air ball. Oh god. Is stuff like that gonna come back to haunt us because that's stuff that is the little things that win basketball games. I think with the new uh the f- new foul calls it's definitely gonna hurt you if you can't hit from the free throw line. That's just they're just giving away points there. But I I was ex- extremely impressed with Darius Gardner's performance. He was he's fun to watch to say the least. Uh, they definitely need some more supporting cast though. It just felt like the entire night only two of the guys on the floor were actually willing to shoot the ball, and the rest of them were just out there. Just, I don't know, doing collateral work. I guess it just felt like they were there to get them the ball. And I think if they're gonna if they're gonna compete, they're gonna need to hit more from the outside. It didn't seem in the George Mason game they were hitting from early, kind of went cold as the game went on. But last night, it just never really seemed like they got into shooting groove. So. It'd be nice to see them hits more from outside. We need bigs that shoot the three because I, th- I think th- teams that too. But teams are gonna recognize that show and, and Pee Wee are the two go-to guys. Mm-hmm. And I was What's like Charlie Jones, the, why do I? what about why What anyway? Uh, okay. it, we need, cause Charlie Jones only took one three. Jesse Reed only took three shots, or three threes. And he, he had a really and he, he had an off game, but he's definitely saw going help on defense. Kyle Kager, no three-point attempts. I have seen him shoot the ball. I have seen him make three-pointers. That, that has to be us. We have to be a team that is willing to shoot. But, you know, keep in mind, it could be a, the great Charles Barkley. Don't fall in love with the jump shot, even though that will probably win you games, considering that as of now, with YY getting only his second collegiate game under his belt and Rob going one of six on the floor. We need an outside shooting presence because of the lack of bigs. Because that could hurt come Patriot League
0: season.
1: Mm -hmm. As as teams like Lafayette and Holy Cross, I'm assuming Boston, Loyola have bigs as well, even though Boston has a quick point guard, which I'm excited to see after watching Wee play last night. That'll be a good matchup. Also a matchup between Wee and Mackie McKnight. It'll be interesting. But a good combination, speaking to your boys, to grant the freshman class. But Justice and Charlie helping out, coming off the bench, making a big impact. Yeah, Charlie played twenty eight minutes and uh play the four. I thought posting up. Yeah, he 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 pretty much played everything last night and he his defense is pretty sound. He he definitely he gets back there, he gets in his stance. Uh it really looks like he's trying to impress on defense. And he's got he
0: five boards too. Yeah,
1: the, I think his problem is definitely his offensive game. He just doesn't look comfortable with the ball at all. he The problem is his offensive stance and defensive stance look a lot alike. He always looks like, I don't know, he just doesn't look comfortable on the offensive end yet. I think that's part of the problem. He's played big minutes, but he's not comfortable shooting shooting the ball or taking the ball near to the hoop. So that will be interesting to see. Justice, he plays a little bit like Wee does. He's definitely an up and down. He wants to get up and down the court, uh, quick point guard, and it will definitely be interesting to see his development especially if they can get those two guys on the court together. They look good with that with that two backcourt. Yeah, the only problem is that, that they sacrifice a lot of size when we do that, but uh, I definitely think those two could be an interesting combination as the year goes on. play boy, boy, why, why? Ten minutes. Yeah. Not a big impact, but he's someone also that looked sort of lost yesterday. Yeah, and but that wasn't expected. I was actually not expecting him to play, or especially not. You know, but quickly, you did bring up something about uh, – uh, when uh, you had Darius and uh, Justice Montgomery playing, one thing about that is also neither of them can really shoot. Mm. So you're basically you're but they're not natural shooters, not natural shooters, and they don't shoot the ball very well from the outside. So you need to have show up on the court somebody. But uh, I agree, that two point guy line a little bit like uh, Showtime with Magic and mm. Norm Dixon in the early '80s. But with Why I mean, he really looks he looks extremely raw, and that's of course what he is. His offensive game, he doesn't have an offensive game. His defensive game, he really doesn't have much of that. The, the biggest impact you really saw was him uh, when uh, he was put in to block the inbound pass, and he did a pretty solid job of that, even though some of them had monster huge. Yeah, because he is. Well, I mean, he's not tall, but he's long. Yeah. So I think really you're going to you have a little more hope for him, at least initially, on uh, the defensive end, getting the block shots pick up boards. Um, but, I mean, in only 10 minutes, he didn't play a huge amount. He probably got put in a little early because the uh, he was in foul trouble. And that could be an issue because since we don't have much size, we've got a lot of – We have a that going call it a boot. You know? Yeah. And
0: yeah. then
1: yeah. going with Austin Carroll. Yeah you Cruises know, Cruz is MIA. But then we have Waiwai, who is essentially our only other big. Cause we, I guess we put Charlie in to play the four. Yeah. And that could be a bit, that could be uh, tough when we play teams of size. I'd be interested to see how that goes though. Yeah, his I mean his like you say his offensive game needs a lot of work. Like he was trying to like, like, shot doctor for that is what the shot doctor for we love uh, we love the shot doctor but he I mean there I, I didn't see him and uh, obviously it really looked like his first like game like playing and uh, well maybe not his first game but. He's definitely extraordinarily raw, I and mean, he's got a long way to go. But he is a freshman, and uh, so there's some. I think I think he can turn into like a defensive presence, like block shots, exactly. And uh, so, uh, he can. I think he can be a contributor at some point. didn't he wasn't. You know, you know, he wasn't really wasn't that good. But hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Shout out to Scott Graham and Shot Doctor, and, uh, and and shout out to Matt Wolf, mm. and Nate Foley from McGill. Yep, and uh, Mike Brennan. Great, man. Great watching him uh, take over uh, at his first home coaching game. That was was, fun. He was just as animated as the team. Yeah, that was great. And we we love that. But uh, good stuff on the college basketball side of things. We'll come back with college football as we have some Florida State inside. Flo will give his bowl projections on on the, uh, the national scheme. And we'll talk more. Cy Young and MLB Awards are announced.
2: And NASCAR
1: ends the season. Yay! On Sunday. So stay with Yay! us here on Block Talk Radio. Listen to Fanatic Radio. It's, it's Fanatic Radio. What's wrong with that? He fought for his country. It's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on. Block
0: Talk Radio
2: Oh, nobody cares about Rod, because let's be realistic, okay? We're caught in a trap. I can't walk out because I love you too much, baby. Why can't you see what you're doing?
1: with the way they're playing? We could go undefeated. The reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on Lock Talk Radio. Well, that's not Mac Radio. I'm blogtalkradio.com. I'm going to I was hate the exit because he has to go talk to a professor because school is, comes first on this show. And we are a good day of November because it was awful cold-wise Whoa. last weekend, but then it's gotten better. because has got of the like White Stripes and uh, Elvis, the King. Probably has some great filler music as we'll get to college football part of the show, where the Bulls are almost are among us, and I believe it's Yeah, are like a month away. Yeah. So, so calm down with the almost among us. What's a Harris poll. I've never heard of that. Anyway, big uh, some big games this weekend. Yeah, buddy. And mm. Georgia, Auburn, CVS. Auburn number seven in the country. Mm. Would not imagine they'd be up there. Texas mm. is back in the top 25. I don't know why. Because they've been awesome since the oldest game. I don't or know. The BYU game. They play Oklahoma State, which I think Baylor will probably win the Big Big uh, 12. They do play Texas. Baylor Bears play Texas Tech in, in Arlington after uh, surviving the uh, the Oklahoma Sooners. I want to say surviving. They beat the crap out of them. Which was really impressive. Baylor is the official uh, of the dark horse team to watch. Um, I would say so. I think there were some people that thought that they could, be, uh, could definitely make a run at um, winning the Big 12. But nobody thought that their offense would be as, as uh, awesome as it has been thus far because uh, Bryce Petty under center are Brawls, heck of a coach. Yeah. And they're, uh, you know, they're really, they're, I don't, I think, I will say this. I think the national championship, I think it's already said, because I don't, I don't think Alabama's going to lose. Um, I think they're toughest because to, who knows who they're going to play in the SEC. It's either going to be Missouri or South Carolina, they're clearly better than both. Yeah, um, they are gonna. They have the Iron Bowl against Al- Auburn, which should be a good game, though, considering how little Auburn's been playing. Yeah, but uh, I don't think Auburn's that good. I really don't. And I think that game's in Tuscaloosa, but I could be wrong. Um, and another team that – so Baylor's have to win out. Well, they played Texas and Oklahoma State. Yeah, So and, and Texas has been looking great thus far. And, oh no, that game is in... Uh, it's in Auburn. Yeah, the uh, Iron Bowl will be in um, uh, Jordan Hare. So that should be fun to watch. I still think that, though, Alabama's going to beat them solidly. But, and, you know, Ohio State, they're number three. I think they, they still have to be in the next. Their schedule down the stretch is pretty terrible. Let's
0: okay, see, they got Big 10 it. Ten
1: is really not that good. I mean, they have beating ranked teams. I don't think Ohio State is overrated as people say they are because they've looked very good this year. They just haven't played really anybody that good. But they beat a good Wisconsin team. They rallied to beat Northwestern Northwestern was good. Uh, Iowa's not bad. They crushed Penn State Penn State's not bad. And so I don't think this Ohio State team, they went out. The best thing that they can hope for, they're going to need somebody to lose. But if they went out, and Baylor wins out. That's going to be tough. And like Florida State loses, but Ohio State's best chance, I think, to prevent them from being jumped by Baylor, was that they would have they would need Michigan State to win out, and to be and they'd be a top ten team when they play in uh, Indianapolis in the Big, Big Ten uh, championship game. But I do think right now, barring something that I'm not expecting, is Alabama, Florida State for the uh, BCS title. But interesting you mentioned Florida State because uh, a tidbit that Graham brought across the other wire to us earlier this week is a uh, Florida State quarterback and high school football, James Winst- Winston, is um, apparently there are allegations you know, surfacing about him a few years ago. Well, a year ago. happened December 2012. Uh, so, what is, so what's so going on with it? Is it um, potential domestic violence or... It's apparently that he was, uh, he may have been connected to uh, a sexual battery report in uh, December 2012 in Tallahassee, but he was not charged with anything. Now they're trying to figure out whether he should be charged right now. So this story kind of almost came out of nowhere. I'm not putting a huge amount of uh, stock into this. You know, you have prosecutors and such say that, this could take weeks, and people aren't certain when there would be a potential uh, remedy to this. So because here's a quote from USA Today from uh, State Attorney Willie Meggs, great name, they said yesterday about this uh, old case that we, as in the state the uh, attorney's office, had no knowledge of this until Wednesday. And uh, it's that they've said that it's, this is a week-long thing. So they're looking to whether he, sh- he will face charges. So, but this whole thing is kind of bizarre, and I will say in that this ha- this did happen as we may said. Certain it happened last year in December. So they just bring it up so it gets in his head. And Florida State loses. It's
2: possible.
1: I don't see why they would do that because it's not like it's you know it's being brought up by. You know, somebody else. It's being brought up by co- like attorneys in Tallahassee. I don't think that this is a situation of where they're trying to uh, sabotage him and bring up something like this. I think, that, but I think it is just kind of bizarre and cer- certainly unusual. But again, no charge has been filed, so there's there could be a chance that you know that this goes nowhere and. Falls off the radar, and there's, but there could also be a chance he's charged with a felony, and that would be that would be bad, and that would be a, 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 a extra awful development for him, for uh, Florida State, and thus. But it's just all it's just, it's just very bizarre, if I say so myself. As I say that for like the fifth time, well, what, what side is it. And they'll, they'll probably win out. Syracuse, Idaho, and then Florida. I mean, depending on. I mean, Idaho. Don't count out the Vandals. Count out the Vandals. And we love the Vandals. Yeah, but that that schedule down the stretch. I mean, Florida's been. Florida, Florida. They have injury issues, but they looked awful. Like they gave up against Vanderbilt on mm. Saturday. That game was terrible. I mean, I didn't I didn't watch it because we were at the uh, field. Line. Of course, we'll get to them in a minute. But as of now. November 14th, people 360, bowl extravaganza predicts the BCS Bulls what? Uh, well, I mean, we still have a few more weeks to go in the season, so this is like about a month out of where we would see. But as of right now, my projections are on the BCS uh, championship game, we got uh, Alabama, for State, and the Rose Bowl. I've got Ohio State winning the Big Ten and Stanford being the Pac-12 mm. Fiesta Bowl. I got Baylor and I got Fresno State getting in because I don't think they're going to lose down the stretch. They're the best undefeated team, not in the top ten, not in the oh. top. Five. But Northern Illinois, Fresno State better watch out because Northern Illinois is right behind That Northern Illinois like, team is very good closing, and what was really the Mac the Mac-ction game of the year the Ball State, it was a great, it was a really good game. And then Northern Illinois pulled away late and won by like 20. All right, so Northern Illinois, their remaining games have Toledo at Toledo and Western Michigan. And that, that that Toledo game next Wednesday, that's a tough one because I mean Toledo's not as good as the. I mean, they're very. That's a solid Toledo team. There's not a great Toledo team. We've seen better teams the last couple of years. So that team, that's a game. A tough road environment going to uh, Toledo, and that's uh, it's not an easy place to play for them. So that'll be a tough game to watch, but they should win that. And then whoever they play in the MAC title game, mm-hmm. which I, if I, me as right now, the uh, front runner in the East Division is the uh, Bowling Green Falcons, but they. Oh, actually, they're tied with the Buffalo Bulls, who've had a great season under Jeff Quinn, who thought his job was under some uh, scrutiny. And now he's done a great job getting them in the mix. They're both 7-3 records, 5-1 in conference. They will play in Buffalo November 29th, and that game will decide the Mac East, and whoever will play that will play. once that will play Northern Illinois. And then Fresno State has New Mexico and San Jose State to end the season. They've had some tough games. Two overtime wins, and then it'd be Boise State. They'd be San Diego State. they be Hawaii. Yep. They're, I think they have a better case of making the BCS. I did it last year. Yeah, I mean, uh, the schedule hasn't been great. Uh, Mountain West has been good, not great. The, I mean, Boise State's been okay. They've not been as good as they've been in the past. Uh, you know, Rutgers turned out not to be that good. And their two games down the stretch are New Mexico, and New Mexico sucks. And actually, they've been better than they've been in the years past. I'll give them that. The San Jose State's a solid team, but they're not as good as Fresno State, who were led by uh, David Carr's younger brother, mm. Derek Carr, who is, who's been incredible this year. So I think it's Fresno State team. I think that in the, in the BCS, well, I guess I'm projecting right now to play Baylor because Fiesta Bowl has the third at-large pick. It goes uh, orange sugar fiesta this year for uh, those at-large spots. Sugar Bowl, I got it being Sugar Bowl, I think, because with Alabama they pick an SEC team to replace Alabama. It's going to be tough to see which team they pick. I think they'll pick Texas A&M, but not your Mizzou. No, I don't think they pick Mizzou because either Mizzou will – if Mizzou, maybe if Missou loses in the FTC title game, but I don't think that Missou does have A and M, uh Thanksgiving. Yeah, and they already have a loss and then if Texas A and M wins yeah, and I think Texas A and M will be Missoo. I think that they would take uh Texas A and M. Even in Missouri. That game isn't it is its in Missouri, down. but I do think that I do like Texas A&M win that game. Even though Missouri's been great this year. Johnny football of the Sugar Bowl. And they should have James Franklin back then. I think they're going to play the the uh, American Athletic Conference champion. UCF Knights. Yes. The George O'Leary got a... Oh, yes. Blake Bortles cor- at a quarterback. It's been great for them this year. They do have that loss to South Carolina, but they barely lost to South Carolina. Was at home in the... Uh, it was very... Yeah. Had an impressive win at Louisville when mm-hmm. everyone thought it was Louisville's uh, title to go by. Go by Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. and that, they they had a hard-fought win against Houston on Saturday. Houston's looking good. Down the stress, they they, sh- they shouldn't lose. Temple, they're awful. Um, you your boy. Right Rutgers is okay. That could be interesting. Uh, South Florida's been terrible. And SMU is not very. Oh, good. Nobody cares about Rutgers. And Let's be realistic, okay? Bowl, I think that I've been going back and forth whether I think that Clemson will be in there. I'm not so that they will because I do think they'll lose a faster line. But I think ultimately Clemson will be in the Orange Bowl, and I think they'll play Oregon. Ooh. And that should be and then the the BCS championship game. Of course, it got Alabama. Well, Stanford. You have Stanford winning the Pac-12. Yes. Play well, the tiebreaker with Oregon. That's right, and they'll play either Arizona State or UCLA in the rematch, uh, in the Pac-12 uh, championship game, and that will be in, on the farm. So I think they're going to win out. I hope think Oregon wins out, but Stanford's uh, got to be at uh, the tiebreaker. Stanford, we're going to see Oregon compete for the national championship. This is a team that will never get to the national championship game since when they played Ken Newton? I think they will. I think that, you know, Sanford has proven to be a tough match for them because, you know, you play a physical. They play old-school. Play very old-school, hard-nosed football, and it works against Oregon. So they've had Oregon's number. I don't think Oregon, with the style play they play, I think other schools are catching up with them. But it'll be interesting to see what Mark Halfridge does going further as it became, becomes more and more his. But I, 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 I think people that are just ruling him out just hate the style of the system they play. I certainly would not rule them out because I got to head to class in a couple minutes. Like exactly. That. Of course, on the show on three subjects, weekly, oh, Summer W, we the game of the year, you have Manning versus the Kansas City Chiefs, who are undefeated, the only undefeated team in the National Football League, and if they square off in mile high, who will win? We, we were saying that the Broncos are probably gonna drum them, but yeah, we said that a few weeks ago in Kansas City Chiefs have been looking good. They have been looking solid. And now there's questions about how healthy they manage to because he hasn't practiced a lot this week because he got hurt and they went late against uh, very late against San Diego. I still think it's Denver's game to lose mm. because even though know, Kansas City's defense is awesome and they're great at getting out of the forcing turnovers and getting out to the quarterback I just think that they haven't faced an offensive attack like this. They certainly have not faced an offensive attack. They've played a lot of crap teams. Or teams with out-of-control teams. And they're Slayers. The teams with out-of-control teams. Exactly. Players. But I, think, I do think Denver, with how it, they've not played, certainly have not played a passing attack like this. So I do think Denver's going to win. All right. And shout out to the American University field hockey team. Hey, we love these. As they take on number one, Maryland. Mm. this Saturday, 11.30 a.m. at College Park, this is a team that that took back the Patriot League and played great against Boston, won 3-1 against Quinnipiac in the NCAA playing game. Could they pull off the upset and basically turn this into the game of the century or the game of their lives as they go into Maryland, a team that played very well the first time at Jacobs Field Mm. and they they did give up a solid goal and then a garbage goal towards the end. But this is a team that when they are determined, they are, you know, Locked in and ready to rumble. Could they pull out the upset? I think they could. I, I think it's going to be very tough to do. I mean, that first game when we played them, that was at home, and so I mean, we don't have a huge of human home field advantage because we don't really generally have fans. But I think it, I think they can win. But uh, I would not uh, I would not put my money on it. Tragically, I would love to go and watch going to College Park and, uh, you know, push the action, push the night. But I think that Maryland's going to win. So what are, the, what are the odds? Do a little uh, odd-maker, PTI style. Odds that the AU pulls off the upset? Uh, I'd say about 25%. It is about a full quarter because we are in the tournament and prove, and we have been the number two team in the country. Yeah. We can prove. We, if we score, first of all, we get penalty corners, which yeah. we were dominated by. Maryland, the first time we played. But then again, when we played Boston the first time, in their place, barely beat them 1-0 in overtime. Played them in the Patriot League Championship game and just smoked them off the field. Maryland as well. they have Basically, had almost a week to scout this team. Maryland's coming in number one. Could overlook us if they beat us the first time, 25% that we beat them. Because then you are playing the number one team in the country right now. Hey. Who just won the NCAA tournament? Yeah, uh, and eight-time uh, national championship. Yeah, that should be exciting. And our final thing. Yeah, is minded boards. And here it seems that we have a lot of green flag runs. So if you start down on track position and don't have your car right come race day and don't make the most of Saturday, you're gonna have a long race and put a lot of pressure on yourself that you don't want. So the weekend really does start qualifying on Friday. And definitely the position I want to be in. Uh, defending is. Uh, the place to control at the points lead, and we can control our own destiny. But it does come with a price. There's a lot of pressure on myself and the team to uh, to get things done. So we'll manage that and deal with that as the weekend goes on. But excited to have this opportunity, and um, it's, again, just we're in the position that we we'd want to be, and I'm sure any would want to be in. Jimmy Johnson, will you know, wrap up in six championship Sunday night? I really think he's going to. I mean. It's gonna be there's a long odds for Matt Kenseth and Kevin Harvick to win. And as we said before, Jeff Jeff Gordon said, back with eight tools, if Jimmy John it'll be a, if Jimmy Johnson has an issue and that causes someone else to win, it'll be Jimmy Johnson losing the title. But he is he has shown that we call Kevin Harvick the closer in races, but Jimmy Johnson's the closer in the chase. Exactly. Like he that he always has them ready to go, his uh his ducks in a row, every every chase seemingly he has just shown himself to be uh, one of the elites history of this one. He will get it done at home, Miami Speedway. <laughs> and they tested two and a half weeks ago. And of course, when him and Shaq can out to get that car out in, they're probably running in the top five all day. So Jimmy Johnson will win it. And it'll be awesome. Will he win the race? I would not be surprised. <laughs> We're going to give uh, the race win to um, cousin Carl Edwards. Why well, not? But that'll do I it. I
0: could be Kevin Harvey.
1: I can see that. <laughs> your I'm scaring yeah. out Oh jeez. Martin, Martin is file race, so I give him a farewell. One of the great NASCAR drivers, Dario Franchini, three time IndyCar Indy 500 champion. Uh hangs up the gloves as well because his uh, sadly his accident in Houston forced the man to retire. He's almost forty, but Dario Franchini has made an impact on my life watching him play. Watching him race growing up that we need a, uh, cool Team Cool Green teammate Paula Tracy in the kart series but give those two shout outs Have great uh, careers Kenny Schrader as well that's our racing bits and also uh, the USF1 US Grand Prix in Austin will bring you stoplights from that race next week when we return for our Thanksgiving episode previous football the all for Graham Burns greatest intern in the world Notorious Benford and People 360.com American Word Magazine I'm Michael Gardner Thanks so long We'll see you next week Here on blogtalkradio.com This is Fanatic Radio by Radio Saigon So long everyone